Welcome to Tackling the NFL, the only NFL podcast to be focusing on the other kind of football for the other three, for the last three weeks. <laughs> I'm Josh Rosenberg. That's Adam Baltax. And Adam, I have a question for you. Is it coming home? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know why you said football and you could have just said football, but. Uh, oh, I've been watching good. Copa America also, so. Oh, okay. I, I see. That's that's a little later during the day. So I, I've been watching a lot more Euros in Copa America. But I'm I'm very excited for, for the final. Uh, I did say on last week's pod that uh, Italy were my team that I'd be supporting. So I, I have conflicting interests here, but I'm, I'm definitely excited for the final. Yeah, uh, Italy promptly knocked out uh, Belgium, who I was supporting. So uh, I am I am rooting for Italy, and I sort of think that they're going to stomp England unless England makes some changes ahead of the final. But we'll see. But that's not what this podcast is about. No, no, uh, this is called tackling the NFL. So this week we are going to be making some predictions in a way that can make you some money. So we decided that rather than just doing. And a normal predictions episode, because we do a lot of different predictions every week. This week, we'd be focusing on all the different prop bets that are available going into the 2021 season. And as of right now, we're actually a little bit too far out, I think, for there to be really good prop bets. But there are some fun ones. And so we've chosen some bets that we think are good, that we think would be smart for you to bet, some that are fair and we want to discuss because it could really it could really fall either way. And some that are just terrible and you should not take. Uh, and we just want to laugh at the odds makers a little bit. So, Adam, why don't you just start us out? What bets have you been looking at? So I've kind of been all over the board here. I've been looking at um, entire teams' odds, individual player odds, and I, I kind of look for ones that I think you could get a lot of money on. And the first one that caught my eye was the Offensive Rookie of the Year predictions and odds. So it's it's going to be a quarterback this year when when there's such when there's such a good class of quarterbacks a stacked class of quarterbacks it's really unlikely for it to be a wide receiver or running back we we were we saw uh last year that Justin Herbert won so it it, it definitely goes to a quarterback a large majority of the time this year we have Trevor Lawrence with plus 300 Trey Lance with plus 650 Justin Fields with plus 700, Zach Wilson with plus 1,300, and Mac Jones with 17, plus 1,700. I don't know why I included that last one. But you have some, you have some really good odds here if you want to put, like, four bets on, on the quarterbacks that aren't Trevor Lawrence. Because we both, we've both said over, over the, the course of our pod, we don't think Trevor Lawrence is winning the offensive rookie of the year. What do you think about this? I would agree with that. I think that you can definitely – make some money that way. I will say, I think Trevor Lawrence, I, okay, I have two places I'm going to go with this one. One, it's probably going to be a quarterback. I will say a really fun bet that you can make that I think has a chance of hitting if you want to bet against one of the quarterbacks winning is Devonta Smith, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, on this book that we're using, he is plus 1,700. And look, if all the quarterbacks are bad this year, which I see there being a reasonable chance of for pretty much all of them, uh, Zach Wilson is going to be in a totally different situation than he was at BYU. Trevor Lawrence is stepping into a team that we have no idea what it's going to look like under Urban Meyer. Uh, Trey Lance, we don't know when he's going to start. So I think he'll be in a good position, but he also probably won't be asked to do all that much either. Mac Jones is Mac Jones. 
And Justin Fields, we both think is really good, but is being put in a tough situation in Chicago, which we were both immediately concerned when he was drafted. Yeah. If you don't think a quarterback's going to win, I will say Devonta Smith could be so fun because he should get a ton of volume. And the, my real, my only real concern would be that the Eagles might just be too bad for him to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. And when when you have Jalen Hurts at quarterback, you have no idea what's going to happen. So it's a, it's a it's a fun bet for sure. But I'm I I think that if you that the best way to do this is if you have a player like that. Do the little the bets with the quarterbacks, and then choose choose some flyers that you think could hit. Because you got people like Rashad Bateman with plus fifty five hundred odds. I'm I might put down a bet on that. I I would agree. I mean, like I chose a lot of flyers just because we're far enough out that you can make some money if you can make a big prediction here. And obviously, this is all tough to choose right now. I'm going to add another one, which is Jaguars to win the AFC South and Trevor Lawrence to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 1,600. And here's the thing. I think this is really only one bet. All you're doing here is betting that the Jaguars will win the AFC South. Because if the Jaguars win the South, Trevor Lawrence is almost definitely going to need to be really good, and they're almost, he's almost definitely going to win Rookie of the Year. So if you think the Jaguars might win, if you're bullish, and we talked about this before, that I think it gets a little bit harder with the Julio trade because the Titans look a decent bit better now. If you think that the Jaguars might have a shot at this, that could be a fun one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a flyer because besides Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars suck. So it's 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 a tough it's a tough team to bet on. But the AFC South is definitely not stacked. It's just the Colts are a very good team, and having to bet against them is is not something I would want to do, like personally. I think that's fair, but if you asked me. For 2021, which quarterback would I rather have, Carson Wentz or Trevor Lawrence? I would probably take Trevor Lawrence. Oh, oh, I would too, 100%. That doesn't take away from the fact that the rest of the team is atrocious. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Adam, this one's tough. This one, I think, is very fair. Julio Jones over under 1,000 yards. So, so this is, I'm, I'm obviously very biased here. Um, obviously, being a Julio Jones fan pretty much my whole life. It's it's I I'm gonna I have to say a hundred uh, over a thousand yards just because I can't I can't see him struggling with an actual quarterback like I just don't see any world in which that happens when you start looking at target share age stuff like that I it does take away from what he had with the Falcons but he's still an A one wide receiver with some of the best hands and athleticism in the league so I'd say that he could definitely go for a thousand yards this year. I definitely think he can. I would very seriously be considering the under here. Because last year, he had 771 yards, but he only played in nine games. So the two biggest question marks here, as you alluded to, are health and then the new Titans offense, which last year, in the role that he's basically being asked to fill, Corey Davis's role, Davis had 984 yards in 14 games. And I think the offense will probably be pass heavier this year. I think that they're just going to, with the combination of Jones and A.J. Brown, who took another step last season, I think that they'll be throwing the ball more. My question is how much and if he can stay healthy. I think if he plays even 12 games, he's passing 1,000. There's a decent chance he passes 1,000 yards. So I think I'm with you here, and I would take the over. So so what's the over odds again? Uh, they're even, because when it's over, oh, under, okay. it's just even both ways. Uh, well, sometimes there, there's different odds for over and under, so... 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I I enjoy that one. Um, I, I I have faith in in Julio, but once again, there are some things that you can't control, and health is one of them. Uh, so sticking with those two teams, I was looking at the bet Titans and Falcons both make the playoffs at plus five hundred. So it's not cra- it's not great. Yeah, I feel like you should be getting it, better odds than that. It's not crazy odds uh, as as much as uh, someone might hope as a Falcons fan or a Titans fan. But when you look at both these teams, I could see this happening. I might throw in a bet on this just so I have even more incentive to root for the Falcons because it can be tough sometimes. The the Falcons are in the NFC South right now, which is tough with the with the strong Buccaneers and the bipolar Saints. So you never know what's going to happen, but I think that the Falcons have a very good core on offense this year. And if everyone stays healthy, that they could seriously make a run. We talked about how how under understaffed they were last year and how unlucky they got in some of their games. It, it could it could be a, they could make a little turn this year, hopefully. Their defense is too bad for me to buy that one. I have a different and I think the Titans have a solid shot at making the playoffs, although the road to the wild card in the AFC is treacherous just because there's so many good teams. Uh, which makes it tough because if they don't win the division, then they might be out of a playoff spot entirely. I have a different one, though, that has a parlay of teams to make the playoffs. The Dolphins, the 49ers, the Saints, and the Browns all to make the playoffs at plus 1,000 odds, which is twice as good odds as it was for just the Falcons and the Titans. And I would say, personally, the 49ers and the Browns are locks unless something goes really wrong, which last year, everyone got hurt on the 49ers and they still narrowly missed the playoffs. I think they make it this year. I mean, again, this is discounting injuries. The Dolphins and the Saints, I give between like a 40 to 60% chance of making the playoffs. The Dolphins may be a little bit lower. I would say that this isn't a terrible bet for plus 1,000 odds, and they're all going to be really fun teams to watch this year. So they would be teams I would want to place a bet on, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the one team holding me back there is the Saints. I, I feel I feel weird betting on them because you never know what they're going to do. Uh, they have a very strong core, but when you have that quarterback situation going on uh, with with a lot of uncertainties, you never know. Uh, but but overall, the, those are four pretty solid teams, and if you're going to make that bet, that's good odds. So, and the thing is, I'd actually be more concerned about the Dolphins than the Saints because one, I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton, and I think he's going to make the right decision in the end, choosing Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill. But even beyond that, the NFC is really weak. Like the wild card teams, the wild card spots are wide open, and really, like you could see pretty well. I have another bet that I'll get to around the NFC wild card spots, but those spots are pretty open, and I think the Saints could pretty easily sneak in there without a great season. The Dolphins, on the other hand are probably going to lose the division to the Bills. And the AFC is tough enough that I don't even think they might, they might not even be the second best team in their division. Right now, I would be strongly debating between them and the Patriots. I really haven't decided where I think they'll fall. And if they're the third best team in their division, I don't think they're making the playoffs. So that's my concern. Yeah, I mean, that's why there's plus 1,000 odds on it. (laughs) Yeah, but I have one more team parlay uh, that, okay. that I I want to talk about, and that's the Bills, Colts, and Browns all win 11-plus regular season games. And this is at plus 450, so not crazy again, but also pretty good money if it goes through. These are all 11-win teams, even without the extended season. And now that there's 17 games, 
the Bills are, we saw last year, one of the better teams in football. The Browns have made the most improvements this offseason and are looking like a strong contender, a strong contender this year. The Colts overall, a very sturdy team, but the, are depending on Carson Wentz's success. I think all three of these teams have a very good shot at being 11 plus win teams. And I, I, would, I would definitely uh, consider making this bet. This one's a lot of fun because the, yeah, as you said, they all won 11 games last year in a 17 game season. 16. I would say that the Colts, sorry, 16 game season, my bad. We're moving up. I would say that the Colts, or sorry, the Browns and the Bills should both be either as good or better than they were last year. And even if they fall off, if the Bills fall off a little bit, I don't think they'll drop below 11 wins. The Colts are the tricky team here. And as you mentioned, it all comes down to Carson Wentz. This would be one I would definitely be comfortable placing a small wager on. Yeah, just because Car- and what, wait, let me just uh, get this out of the way. We're not endorsing sports betting. We, we, if you do it, you got to understand the risks. And we're not saying in any way that you should go after this best and uh, after this episode and go place bets on what we say. Uh, that's not something that our, we're about. Just if you feel comfortable making bets, then you you do it on your own fruition. Yeah. Uh, and if you make money off of our wagers, send us a tip. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't bet because I know I probably wouldn't stop. So <laughs> uh, let's go to I actually have one more. That's a full team parlay. So I'll end with that one, which is all four NFC West, West teams to make the playoffs, which is just a crazy bet. It's got plus 2000 odds. So really high odds. And what's funny is that I like it so much. I really think that all four teams might be good enough to make it, but the chances of them not cannibalizing each other enough for all of them to make it are so slim. That's the real problem there, right? Because one of them, I'm going to say the Cardinals, because I think that they're the worst team in the division as of right now. Say the Cardinals are just going to be knocked down to nine and eight at like the very, like the best case scenario by losing to a bunch of the other teams in the division. And that would require, I would say the two other wildcard teams that I would consider uh, threats would be the Vikings and the Saints. So you need both of them to be worse than nine and eight. And then also teams that might make a leap. It's like the Bears, the Panthers, and the Cowboys. You need all, none of them to overachieve. And that just seems so unlikely. But at plus 2,000 odds, it's a fun bet. Yeah, it's definitely one that, that you could look into. Uh, there's a bunch of those high high risk, high reward options that I looked at, uh, but then realized that maybe I shouldn't be be talking about these because there's reasons why those odds are so high. But the, if any division is going to do it, I think NFC West is probably the most likely or it has to be an NFC division. So, yeah, I would say the NFC West for sure. And who knows uh, with the NFC? There's so many terrible teams. I, they, someone could squeak in with like a close to 500 record. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where that's where I was thinking. What bet do you have next? Um, so I'm gonna mellow this one out a little bit since we went so high odds there, and that's the odds uh, for the regular, the worst regular season record this year. And the, it, it currently, it has the Texans at plus 175, the Lions at plus 300, the Jets at plus 800, and the Bengals at plus 1,000. I think that the, the Lions could be a really good bet here. And I mentioned this on the last episode. I think that they're the worst overall team pretty much everywhere on the field. Uh, the, the Texans are, are a very uncertain team heading into 2021 with the Watson situation 
and the running back situation and just the coaching staff. Like no one really knows what's going to happen there. I think that if you're going to if you're going to bet on the worst team heading into this and heading into this season, the Lions are the safest option to go for just because of how poor they are on every level and proven poor. They don't really have much chance of up, of like upgrade. The Texans are going to be terrible this year. Like just discounting the Deshaun Watson uncertainty. If the NFL had any morals, he wouldn't play this year, but I don't think they do. So I do think he plays for probably at least six games. I would be, I would be a little surprised if he doesn't. I will say though, that I think that the Lions are actually going to be well coached, which is sort of weird to say when their coach is having press conferences about biting kneecaps. But I really do think that their locker room and their chemistry is going to be a lot better than the Texans will. And even if Deshaun Watson plays, he's going to have no help. So I am leaning a little bit towards the Texans there, I think. I have another team, though, that you didn't mention, who I actually like their odds for the worst regular season record, which is the Eagles at plus 1,200. They're going to be a really bad team. The only thing that I think that keeps them from having the worst record and why I wouldn't make this bet is because their division is so bad that I feel like they're just going to win at least. Like, I don't think they're going to lose 14 or 15 games when they play the Giants twice, uh, the Washington football team twice, the Cowboys twice. Like, one of those teams is just going to fumble away one of those games to the Eagles. Yeah, I I, I could see the Eagles going 2-15. and But I could also see them maybe scratching out six or seven wins if that offense exactly. clicks. So it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one to, to project. I, if I'm putting my money here, I'm putting it on the line. So I, I don't have as much faith in Dan Campbell as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it's not Dan Campbell necessarily. It's the coaching staff that he hired around him, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Aaron Glenn, a defensive coordinator. I forget who he hired at offensive coordinator. Um a whole bunch of ex-players who seem to have impressive credentials and who I think can connect well with the players in the locker room, sort of buying in there. <laughs> I think Anthony we had this Lynn discussion. Is Anthony, is okay, sure. I have another bet, which I really like, and I think that you'll be all over. We actually already talked about it as a great bet, which is the Cleveland Browns over 10.5 wins. This one is such a, this one's like, we already talked about how we think that they're definitely winning 11 games. That one seems like such an easy bet to make. Oh, for sure. I could see them winning 14 games this year. Like this team could be one of the most improved teams in football and they were a playoff team last year. So that's just, it's something crazy to think about. Like there's no way that this team gets worse this year uh, because of how much they added and they're only getting healthier with guys like Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams back in the roster at full time. This team is nuts. And I don't see any way that they are, are in single digits. So I'm out a hundred percent PP over there. The only real concern here, I would say is that their division is tough. You're going to be playing the Steelers and the Ravens four times and they play the NFC North, the, a- the AFC North plays the NFC North this year, which isn't the worst case scenario. I wouldn't say the Packers is obviously going to be really tough. And I think the Vikings could be quietly tough, but the lions are very beatable. And so are the bears. So again, I would definitely, that's one I absolutely like. And the odds are pretty even for over and under for the Browns. Yeah, I actually like their their outlook for the schedule this year. You mentioned the Steelers. They're they're a waning team. They're they're not the same Steelers that they used to be. Still very good on defense. They got guys like TJ Watt that you can't overlook. But you also got the Bengals uh, in their division. 
Uh, the Packers are not going to be very good on defense, and who knows what happens with Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 a good schedule for them, and their team is going to be one of the best in football, if not second best. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, okay. I don't think they're going to be – I think that you're higher on them than I am, but still, I'm easily high enough to predict 12 to 13 wins. Uh, so I'll move on to my next one. And, and this is a bit of a ridiculous one. The fact that these odds are available for betting is honestly free money. Will Tim Tebow have a rushing touchdown this year? The under, <laughs> the under. So this is assuming he gets zero touchdowns is plus 175. Like you're betting on him getting no rushing touchdowns and you're getting good odds for it. How is, t- how is that a, a thing? I, I didn't use the Tim Tebow bets because those are there to just like lurk like Christians or people yeah. who are huge like Tim Tebow <laughs> stands into betting on him, I guess. But yeah, the Tim Tebow bets are ridiculous. His comeback that was player just my of the favorite. Yeah, no, that, that one's definitely good. I personally really liked that his comeback player of the year odds are better than Daniil Hunter, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Dante Hightower. <laughs> they they signed this dude as a tight end, and you're getting plus 175 odds that he doesn't get a rushing touchdown. That, that is, that free, is money. free money. That is that's fantastic, actually. <laughs> it's it's negative it's negative 260 that he gets a touch, a rushing touchdown. How does who is the person that comes up with that? I really would love to place bets on him just not making the team out of camp because that is where yeah. I think this all, all ends. Right all now, right, you well, might be the only chance that you get to make bets on that. That, yeah, truly free money. All right, this is another bet that I like, which is I'm taking the under on Jared Goff having more than 4,050 4, yards. At first, I thought this was a really easy bet. I'm not quite as sure. He's only passed 4,000 yards twice in his career. Last year, in only 15 games, he was slightly under. And I guess that extra game is worth taking into consideration. But this Lions offense is exponentially worse than the Rams' was last year. And so that leads me to believe that he's going to be under 4,000 yards. Oh, for sure. I would say under 3,000 yards maybe this year. (laughs) I've talked about how how much I don't like the Lions, but this, this team has nowhere to go. And Goff's success came solely from McVay. And now you have Dan Campbell as your coach. And I guess Anthony Lynn has some experience with uh, quarterbacks. He's done pretty well in the past. But at the same time, you're Jared Goff and you don't have talent. So I, I don't see any way that he gets he gets 4,000 yards this year. I just did some quick math. And 4,000 yards split across 17 games is 235 yards a game, which is pretty low, I will say. But I also think that he's probably just going to get hurt. At some point, yeah. is that line isn't terrible? Like for a rebuilding team, their offensive line is not terrible. They obviously drafted Panay Sewell this offseason, but it's still not that good. And I would not be surprised if he misses two or three games at least with some sort of injury. Oh, yeah. And and especially once they realize that he's not that good, they might start trying some stuff out. So uh I guess I guess with Jared Goff, you could hope that he is a decent quarterback. Uh even a shadow of Matthew Stafford will get four thousand yards, but I don't think he he will be, especially with pretty much no receivers. Do you have another bet that you really like? Uh, I do have a couple more bets. The next one that I said that I that I looked at was the 49ers and Rams to win 10 plus regular season games. Um, only plus 110 odds because it's not that crazy. Okay. I just think that both of these teams are are pretty much locks to get 10 games. Um, they're very solid coach cores. 
And I don't see any room for failure with those teams. Yeah, you're really, the only risk there, I would say, is injuries. And I guess maybe the 49ers quarterback situation falls apart. That's about it. Like maybe Trey Lance isn't ready. That's it. I would definitely take that bet. I have two bets that I really, really like. One of them is for defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Phillips has the second best odds, but those second best odds are still plus 700 because no one knows what the hell is going to happen in this defensive rookie of the year race. There weren't any dominant pass rushers or anything in the class. I think he was the first one drafted, right? Yeah. And he was drafted with the 18th overall pick. So uh, not that high. Yeah. Jalen Phillips was first, I believe. Uh, I, I actually am going to check that while you're talking. Okay. Well, anyways, the reason I like this uh, these odds is because sacks are the easiest counting stat for rookies to pile up. That's why you see defensive linemen like Chase Young win so often. Uh, defensive backs are going to need to get a ton of interceptions to win. And for Micah Parsons, who's currently the favorite to win rookie of the year, I don't really know how that happens as a linebacker. I think his main thing that he is going for is that he plays for the Cowboys and he'll probably be on national television a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think he's going to win uh, unless they use him as an edge rusher more than I expect, maybe. And he racks up a bunch of sacks. That is a possibility. But Jalen Phillips is coming into a Dolphins pass rush, which is pretty weak and is really going to need him to do a lot because beyond Emmanuel Ogba, you have Christian Wilkins, who hasn't been everything they hoped that he'd be with the number 13 overall pick and is more of a run stuffer than he is a pass rushing threat from the inside. You got guys like Adam Butler, not much else, really. He's taking Andrew Van Ginkle's job. So I really like the idea of Jalen Phillips just being let loose pretty much every week and being asked to produce a lot. I could very easily see him getting eight to 10 sacks if he's good. And I do think he's a really good player. The reason he fell so far wasn't because of talent. It was because of injuries. And I think he previously actually retired at one point at UCLA. If he stays healthy and if he's able to play, I think he's going to be really productive on a team that if it, if it, if they overperform, people will be watching between a fun defense and Tua Tagovailoa. That is a bit, that is a bet I like. Yeah. Even, even though I think that Quidi Pay will be a better edge rusher than uh, Phillips, I think that he definitely has better odds to win defensive player of the year just because of how much they rely on sacks. Even if you're a productive edge rusher and stopping the run and playing in different formations, it doesn't matter if you're not getting to the quarterback, which Quidi Pay didn't have much success in in college. So I think that Jalen Phillips is definitely a good bet if you take these. These are also the bets that are the hardest to make because individual player awards can be so variable. Um, but I like that idea. I, I do think he'll have a lot of success in my area. Yeah, and absolutely. As you mentioned, with an individual player, you really need to take into account the narratives uh, swirling around these awards because those play a way bigger role than anyone really wants to admit. Yeah. <laughs> so then I my, my last my last one is kind of a two-parter. Um, okay. It's... It's the Detroit Lions going 0-17, which I've mentioned already in the regular season, and the Kansas City Chiefs going 17-0, which both have 2,500 and 2,800 odds. The Kansas City Chiefs are now a healthy best team in football, and with Mahomes protected, I don't know if there's any team that could possibly beat them. The, 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 one, concern is, the, the one concern is that it's football and that one game stints like the Raiders happen and they could just as easily go 16 and one, or they could get, they could maybe pass up playing Mahomes in the last two games of the season. Once they've already locked the, the first seed, 
it's just when you have a team that's this generationally good, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting like 10 bucks on this one and seeing if it pays off. This one, yeah, I would say this one's a fun one to make a small bet on. I'm less concerned. Oh, I would absolutely say that any given week, the, a Raiders game can happen and they start the season with three really hard games, actually. Four out of their first five weeks, I could, I wouldn't be that surprised if they lost. Like, I would make them the favorite, but still wouldn't be surprised if they lost because they play the Browns, the Ravens, then the Chargers, which are all good teams. All have played them tight in recent years. Then they get basically a week off against the Eagles, and then they play the Bills and then the Washington football team. Yeah, Those are all hard matchups. My one hope for them is that since they hit that hump so early, if they get past that, like went like lossless, I think that they have a very good shot of making it the whole season. Cause if they beat all those teams at the start of the year, I don't, I don't see any way that they lose to a team, like a, a pretty good team, like the Steelers or the Raiders towards the end of the year. The one game that I could see them losing is when they rest them was, is when they rest their starters yeah. in, in week 18, they play the Denver Broncos, which I see going we're being a really tricky game. It's also the Broncos uh, in Denver. I see that being a tricky game for two reasons, because the Broncos will either be motivated because they're better than expected and they're chasing a playoff spot, or they're not that good and Vic Fangio is coaching for his job, which is entirely yeah. possible given that he's been there for two or three years now and they haven't made the playoffs yet. I think that team is going to be fighting hard. And if the if Kansas City rests a bunch of starters, that could be really hard. And I would see, very easily see them losing that game. Yeah. But, you know, or, the odds are crazy. Yeah, or they're resting Aaron Rodgers, preparing for their playoff push after their second in the AFC. <laughs> well, okay. Actually, I haven't used this one yet. Teddy Bridgewater, plus 135 to start week one for the Broncos. Oh, what wow. do you think? And here's that's, the thing. That's pretty good odds. Yeah, okay. Bridgewater is plus 135. Drew Locke is also plus 135. Aaron Rodgers is plus 175. I'm going to discard the <laughs> Rodgers one. I think that one's just bait. Yeah. And I really, like, I think this one's a fair bet, but I really like the Teddy Bridgewater bet because I've talked about this before. With Vic Fangio as the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach is going to want a stable option who isn't going to average more than an interception a game the way that Drew Locke did last year, throwing 15 interceptions in, I think, 14 games. That's why I think Teddy Bridgewater is at the very least going to start the season. If his floor ends up, too, or if, if his ceiling ends up too low in the end, then maybe they sub lock in, but I don't think that happens immediately. Yeah, it, it's just so weird that whole like veteran like approach this year because who is the, the locker room guy and who is the young kid coming in? Is, is Drew Locke still the young kid because he um, is a, a, less, a less veteran player in the NFL? Or is Teddy Bridgewater the new guy coming in who's trying to earn his job against the, this guy who... Uh, who has been down or I guess technically up and down his whole career. It's, oh, yeah, I, I would just say down. <laughs> yeah. I didn't very, want to say that, but if very you're, if levels you're of down, down. You to, yeah, you have to start up. I think he had a pretty good opener or something like that. So that was his up. Yeah. He, I think he started 4 0 as a starter. He just didn't have to do yeah. much. I will say the reason that I don't think Drew Locke starts, and the, even though he might start in this position on a lot of other teams, the investment from the front office, which is usually the place that would be, which would be invested in having the young player start, isn't there because John Elway is no longer in charge of the team. And instead, it's George Patton or Patone. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And he didn't draft Drew Locke. He wasn't there when they drafted Drew Locke. 
he has no reason to really care whether Drew Locke works out or not. So I think that he's perfectly happy with Teddy Bridgewater just starting and seeing what happens with him. And if it doesn't work, then you trade for, you know, Aaron Rodgers or someone, or you draft a quarterback next year. And that will be George's guy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting dynamic. It also, it it comes down to whoever makes a, makes the call. Cause who knows, even if George is the guy that makes that decision. Uh, So if, if Drew Locke starts, I wouldn't be surprised just because he's been on the team longer. But if Teddy Bridgewater starts, I also won't be surprised because Drew Locke sucks. And if Aaron Rodgers starts, then I'll be very confused. But at the same, <laughs> but it's 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 a good bet to take on both sides because it's 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 what plus one thirty you said one thirty five yeah for for a guaranteed one or the other. Um, uh, it's 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 good odds. I, I like that bet. I have one final bet which I like, or I want to talk about at least. And then I have two bets that I just want to make fun of the odds makers for because they personally okay. insult me on those. Uh, no Tim Tebow ones. I'm done with him. This one, though, is a bet that I feel like should pay off that won't because individual awards are a narrative. Derwin James, comeback player of the year, plus 1,600. He is the seventh best odds for comeback player of the year. That's spicy. Derwin James is yeah. so, so good. And he's going to be asked to carry Brandon Staley's defense. I think the real question here is if he gets the counting stats that's needed to win comeback player of the year and beat out a quarterback like Joe Burrow or Dak Prescott, who's going to need to throw a million times a game for their teams to win any games. That's why I think, you know, it's plus 1600 odds, but I think he's going to be incredibly important and maybe the most deserving comeback player of the year player, even if he doesn't win the award. Oh, I, I definitely agree with the end of that. I just don't see any way that he beats out Dak Prescott this year um, or Joe Burrow, I guess. But I think Dak Prescott is, is a very, has a very good chance of winning this award just because of how proficient he was last year. It, it's going to be very tough to beat out a quarterback for any award. Even defensive player of the year, you sometimes think a quarterback might win that. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's anyone's race. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott is a cowboy in the NFL's face of the future. So it's, it's very unlikely. Not to mention that even if neither of those guys hit, if Dak gets hurt again or something goes wrong there, you have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley both coming back from injury. I who, forgot about Barkley. Exactly. He, he also both, has a very good chance. Yeah, if they put up counting stats, they could also get it. So that's why it's hard and obviously lower odds. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. wanted to uh, give uh, Derwin James some credit. But, oh, for sure, and he'll definitely be the defensive comeback. He'll definitely be the defensive comeback player of the year. If that, only that that's were not an award, but if, if there only was that one, were an award, we'll yes, make it exactly. an award. You know what? Well, when we make our own award show, we will include that. Fair enough. All right, these last two are just some of the worst odds I saw on the board. Well, I guess one of them is almost a good bet, so I'm just going to talk about that one first, which is Robert Saleh is plus two thousand for coach of the year. Two of the coaches ahead of him are Sean McDermott and Sean McVay, who I think are both extremely unlikely for their teams to be that much better than they have been in the past for them to win the award. Because the comeback player, or sorry, the coach of the year award almost always goes to a young coach who takes over a team and the team overperforms. That's why Brian Flores has been in the running for the past couple of years. And that's exactly what Robert Sala is in position to do. Because not only is it just that he's a better coach than Adam Gase, the team is also much better than what the Jets were last year, the, the players themselves. So I think that if the Jets overperform, he could very easily win coach of the year. 
and plus 2000 seems like shockingly good odds to me. Yeah, that's really good odds. I'm, I'm actually, I was actually surprised when he said that. I agree. I, I've been talking all offseason about how much I love both the New York team. And the, so you had Kevin Stefanski last year win it, which was a guy who took a team from being kind of good to really good. It's just whether or not they, um, the NFL awards recognize someone that takes someone from really bad to mediocre bad or mediocre. Well, actually, I would say that's closer to what Stefanski did because the Browns were a disaster after Freddie Kitchens. And I guess they were good-ish last year. But I'd say they were like between mediocre and good. They weren't great. And that's that's the type of team that gets recognized or the coach that gets recognized a lot. So I liked that one. And then this one that just truly made me angry is Marcus Davenport has better defensive player of the year odds than Brian Burns or DeForest Buckner. This this one just makes me mad on behalf of DeForest Buckner and also Brian Burns, both of whom are like three times the player that Marcus Davenport has ever shown that he could be. I don't, I think this must be a mistake by the odds makers. Cause I don't understand this at all. Yeah. I, I, I also don't feel like there's much I need to say to that. Cause that's just ridiculous. Um, Marcus Davenport isn't even like a top five player on that defense, let alone a better than Brian Burns or uh, DeForest Buckner. He has the exact same odds as his teammate, Cam Jordan, who is the one who actually <laughs> produces on that defensive line. Who, who is the reason that Marcus Davenport is a, is a name. I want, I want to count the Saints defenders who I think might be better than Davenport. All right. Okay. I'm starting with easily Cam Jordan, uh, Marcus Lattimore, mm-hmm. or sorry, Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, and then Marcus Williams. The, okay. Those, yes. I think, for sure. Vontae Davis is also really good. Uh, he wasn't DeMario quite as good Davis. last year. Sorry, Demario Davis. <laughs> Vontae Davis yeah. is a very different player. Um, <laughs> and then one player who sneakily might be better, David Onyemata. Dave, yeah, David really good interior defensive lineman who's also going to be asked to do a lot with Sheldon Rankins leaving and Trey Hendrickson moving on. I get the Marcus Davenport hype, but they literally drafted Peyton Turner this season in the first round because Davenport hasn't panned out after they traded up in the first round to get him. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Like everyone knows this is ridiculous. It just made me irrationally angry. So I wanted to talk. And about also it. you got like a captain in Malcolm Jenkins who's Who's helped out that team so much in the in the past couple of years? It, it's it's ridiculous. I agree, um, but all, at the same time, we're we're kind of going at an odds maker here, so it, it's not really like uh, something to get worked up over. <laughs> but yeah, if if you're listening, we don't like giving advice on bets, but don't take that bet. <laughs> don't take the market that important odds because they exactly. should be like plus forty thousand. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I think that does it for us. We just made a whole bunch of predictions under the guise of bets. So that was always fun. Uh, we'll be back next week. No idea what we'll be doing. The offseason is slowly, slowly winding down. We will be reaching training camp and everything that comes with that very soon. We'll get training camp rumors, which I'm always excited about. So hope you guys have a good week. Enjoy all of the barrage of sports. And we'll see you guys then.